our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you with your home improvement project. So pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or a direct-it-yourselfer, we are here to make sure that you don't become a do-it-to-yourselfer and take a wrong (laughs) step in tackling those projects around your house. Got a lot going on with today's show to help you do just that. First up, was your home the unfortunate target of perhaps a neighborhood prankster this week? Halloween does bring out all kinds of goblins and goons who may be intent on more tricks than treats. And we're going to help you (laughs) with some cleanup tips this hour in case you were a victim of just that. And here's a mess we hope you never, ever, ever, ever have to deal with. A forgotten pen or, say, a runaway crayon that's been left in your pockets or put into the dryer on its own by your one-year-old. Well, if they do end up in your dryer, it is a big stinking mess. We are going to tell you how to get rid of stains in the drum before or the next load of clothes are ruined, too. And we've got a prize that will help you with your heating bills this winter. It's an Eden Pure. It's an infrared portable heater that's worth almost 400 bucks, but it's going to save you loads on your heating bills this winter. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Call us right now. You must have a home improvement question and be willing to come on the air and ask us. Let's get to it. Darren in Utah needs some help cleaning up an incident. What happened, Darren? Tell us what's going on. Well, what I have is a concrete driveway that has some older oil stains on it. I've tried some household products like Simple Green and Ultra Dawn to try and clean the stains away, but I'm still left with the shadowy black marks. How do I get rid of them? Well, first of all, are the oil-dripping cars all, have they all been <laughs> removed? <laughs> well, they, they have been removed. All right, good thing. All right, good. Have you tried uh, TSP? Trisodium phosphate? No. I yeah, have not a, tried the old standby TSP. I would try the old standby. It's a, it's pretty effective. I would pick up some TSP, and then usually you'll find that, surprisingly enough, in the paint aisle of much most home centers. Well, I mean, come on. You're painting. You're bound to spill something and make a mess. Yeah, exactly. And that's a pretty industrial strength uh, cleaning formula. And what we like to suggest, Aaron, is that you mix it up into sort of like a sort of like a loose paste, and then apply it to the stained area. Let it sit for a good 10 or 15 or 20 minutes and then scrub it clean. And it does tend to do a pretty good job of lifting out those oil stains. Now, if they're really, really old and it's really, really stained, you know, it's not going to perform miracles, but it will lighten it up quite a bit. Very good. That's a great idea. Now, do I have to be careful about uh, the TSP solution once I'm rinsing it off with a hose, uh, uh, getting into the lawn and killing the lawn? Uh, you're going to put so much water on that that it's going to uh, dilute you know, it be so much. Pretty diluted, yeah. 
you know, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't wash it towards my prize rose bushes, but you know, if you're just <laughs> generally careful with it and use plenty of water to rinse it off, plus you're only applying it into these sort of very concentrated patchy areas, I don't think you're right. going to have an issue. Great. Thanks for the answer, guys. I love you're, your show. You're welcome, Darren. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right, now we've got Dolores in Rhode Island who is considering a sunroom for her money pit. What can we do for you? I'm just wondering, before I go into all the expense of putting in site plans and blueprints and all to coastal resources because I'm on the water, Mm -hmm. if there's a way to judge approximately what a sunroom should cost, is there something like so many dollars a square foot? Well, it depends a lot on what exactly you're talking about building. Now, is this going to be a prefabricated sunroom? I don't think it can be because they have to take out a couple of walls in the house. Here's what Mm -hmm. I would do. Since you're on the water and you have so many questions and, and estimating construction costs is so important, I would definitely have an architect spec this out for you. You know, for the cost of hiring the architect, you're going to get a lot of questions answered. And most importantly... If you do decide to build it, you're going to have a set of plans that's going to detail exactly how this has to be built, stylistically, you know, and also structurally, which is mm-hmm. very important when you're on the weather, on the water, because of the because of the weather. This is a situation where I think it will be well worth your expense to hire an architect, and there's plenty of architects out there that are looking for small jobs right now. Well, and also, Dolores, when you're going to, at some point, file with your you know, local building department and the environmental impact folks, you're going to need all of that in hand before you even approach them. So the architect is really the starting line here. Okay, I understood that. I, I was just wondering, because I don't know if I want to spend a lot of money on a, on a on that if I can't afford the room. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, an architect will also, you know, sort of steer you in the direction of, are we talking about a three-season room? Will this room be heated? Is it strictly screened in? Um, what are my building materials? And that will really figure out your cost per square foot. Yeah, if you start with the architect, you'll be able to get an initial sort of, you know, gut-level estimate of what you're talking about based on the kind of room that you'd like to create. And if it turns out to be too much money, the architect can also scale it down and give you some options. So you get that information first. You're not talking a lot of money at this point just to hire the architect. And if it looks like a good project, then you decide to move forward with, uh, you know, with the legal review. Okay. I really appreciate that information. I never even thought about doing that. That's the way not to do it, Loris. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit. Now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Whenever your home improvement dilemma happens, we are here for you at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Coming up, we've got tips on post-Halloween cleanup, especially when the neighborhood children have been playing more tricks than treats. 888-MONEY-PIT. portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Bear Premium Plus Ultra Interior Paint and Primer in One with Advanced NanoGuard technology. Designed to not only help you save time, but also preserve your home's interior finish. For more information, visit Bear.com. That's B-E-H-R.com. Bear products are available exclusively at the Home Depot. 
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. And you could win a great prize. We are giving away the Eden Pure Gen 3 Quartz Infrared Portable Heater. Now, I've got one, and it's a great product that's super safe and is going to save you tons of energy and dollars. Now, the Eden Pure has no exposed heating elements, so there is absolutely no danger of accidental fire. And it can help you cut your heating bills. It truly does do a good job. Let me tell you about it. I've been using mine and I love it. It's worth $397, but you could win one if you're among the callers who get on the air with us this hour. And the number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT. And even if you don't win, Eden Pure still has a great offer for you. If you call right now, at 800-262-4824, that's 800-262-4824, and mention a magic word, you must know the authorization code, which is Leslie. It's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> you can try out the heater for 60 days for free and also get 100 bucks off the purchase price, but you need to call now at 1-800-262-4824. We asked the Eden Pure folks to give us a great offer for our audience because it is the perfect time to pick up one of these for your house and really give you a chance to uh, try it out. So again, if you call them at 800-262-4824, you mentioned the authorization code Leslie, you can try it out for free for 60 days, and if you buy it, you get 100 bucks off the purchase price. Pretty good deal all in all. That's right. All right, pick up the phone and give us a call, especially if you have been experiencing a very rough Halloween holiday. You know, waking up the day after Halloween is tough enough as it is with the candy hangover. But, you know, the neighborhood kids, maybe they targeted your house this year. Maybe you were that lucky house that got all That'll of the... That'll teach you to give out the cheap candy. I know, seriously. I learned my lesson the first year we were homeowners. I always now get the good candy. So here in the Northeast, we call the night before Halloween Mischief Night, and that is a whole night, lucky us, devoted to toilet papering trees, egging houses, and generally creating an annoying mess. And the trick is to clean up that mess as quickly as possible. Now, eggs in particular can actually corrode painted surfaces within hours, and especially in warmer temperatures. So after you get done picking off the eggshells and hosing off as much as possible for the stuck-on egg that's left behind, here's a little trick of the trade. Soak a paper towel with a 50-50 solution of warm water and vinegar. Put it on the stain. Let it sit. It will melt right away. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were lucky enough to be TP'd, which where I live, toilet paper happens all year round, especially if you are a cheerleader or an athlete. So say after football games. Uh, right before, after, <laughs> apparently if you're on the track team, our neighbor got toilet papered. So if your house does find you have paper decoration, you want to make sure... You've developed quite a bit of expertise in this subject. Oh, yes, very much. <laughs> we live on a very active a vandalism block, if you will, <laughs> in a fun way. But if you find that you're one of the houses that have been TP'd, you want to try to remove all of that toilet paper before it rains because once it gets wet, it is much, much harder to get rid of. And you can stick duct tape to a broom handle to help you get to those hard-to-reach places because toilet paper usually is high up in the trees. Now, if you've got shaving cream, that can actually leave permanent marks on cars. So you never, ever want to let it bake in the sun all day long. And spray string, that can also be very damaging to the paint on your cars. That string hardens and adheres to the painted surface. You don't want to use your fingernail to sort of pick it away because your car's paint may come off with the silly string. First, try to hose off as much as you can if that's possible. Then use a cotton ball or cotton swab to lift off any remaining string. Pain in the butt, but I bet it was a super fun day. 888-666-3974. Call us with your cleaning question. Call us with your home improvement question. We are here to help. 
Now we're going to head over to California to chat with Michael about a wallpaper problem. What's going on? Oh, not much. What I got is a, a vaulted wall. It's 14 feet high, 24 feet wide, and it's completely covered with wallpaper. Now, here and there, different spots, the vertical seams of the wallpaper are peeling away from each other. And I am at a complete loss as to how it is I can get those seams to lay down and make it look like it belongs. Michael, there's a product that will fix that. It's called SureGrip. It's made by the Zinzer Company. They're a pretty big manufacturer of uh, different types of home improvement products. So this is something that should be widely available. It's called SureGrip Seam and Repair Adhesive. It's about five bucks a tube. And what I like about it is that it actually adheres those loose seams in 10 seconds. So you don't have to sit there and hold and it hold down anything. forever. Uh, you put it on, it's got a non-drip formula, and it works really, really well. Now we've got Marsha in California with a water damage question. What happened? Well, we had uh, flashing around our uh, heating and air conditioner that was on the roof, and we didn't realize that that flashing was damaged. And so by the time we got uh, water damage in the bedroom, it's uh, not very good, and the ceiling is all stained. And so I was hoping to find out the steps for preparing that ceiling to paint it. Step one, fix leak. <laughs> okay, okay, we have a new roof. All right, okay. good. New flashing, right. new roof, new, new heating air conditioner. <laughs> all right, those are all good things. Now, how big is the stain? It, it covers a good portion of the ceiling. All right, and that's all I need to know. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get an oil-based primer. This could be Kills or it could be uh, Bin. Zinzer. The Bin, what's it called, Bin 123 or something Bullseye like that? Bullseye 123. Bullseye 123. Any one of these good quality oil-based primers. And I want you to prime not just the spot but the entire ceiling. And the reason that you're doing that, Marcia, is because if you don't prime the entire ceiling, the, the ceiling paint that you're going to put on after this is going to absorb differently in the primed versus the non-primed spots. But if mm -hmm. you prime the entire surface, it will neutralize that stain. It will, give you, it will give you good adhesion from the old to the new. And it'll give you a nice flat smooth surface for the top coat to be on um, after putting the oil base on is it okay to use latex after that absolutely mm -hmm. yep okay absolutely. and I was wondering some friends of mine said that they thought that I ought to wash the ceiling down with bleach because that that would uh, kill anything that was in there that was growing. No, mm -mm. if it's still if it's if it's dry, because I presume the leak's been fixed for quite a while yep. now. There's yes, no reason to use a mildicide on it. Primers like that have mildicides in them, and I wouldn't worry about that. You just want to get a good primer on there so you seal that stain in. Because if you don't, what happens is some of the qualities of that stain, you get a chemical reaction, and some of those colors will leach through the paint unless you prime it first. Oh, I see. And so then the bleach would be a bad idea. Well, it's just not necessary. It's just to not a necessary state. No, I just wouldn't do it. I would just prime it, and that's all you need to do, and you can paint right on top of that, and you would be done with it. Oh, good. So then I don't have to use the No, you don't have to. No. Nope, you'll be fine. I've heard of the kills before, and I've used that in my bathroom, and I know it works really well. It works we great. We had a severe mold problem in there, and I had to take the wall out, and so uh, I just didn't know whether or not that stain, you know, would... Uh, Give up. <laughs> no, if you prime, you will seal that stain right in, and you'll never see it again. We're getting it really cool in the morning, and if you could give me a temperature range of when is the best temperature to start painting and the best temperature to stop painting. As long as it's not an extreme cold or an extreme hot, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And if you wait for a really non-humid day, it's going to dry lickety-split. Okay. Okay, so humidity is more important 
than the temperature. Yeah, when you're painting oh, inside yeah. your house, for sure. Well, I can tell you here in California, we really appreciate uh, you, Tom, and Leslie, the, the program that you put on here. It's really helpful. Thank you so much, Marsha. Good luck with that project. Thanks a lot. Mike in South Carolina needs some help with the basement floor. What's going on at your money pit? Uh, hello, and thank you for your, for your show. I enjoy it. Um, Thanks. Have a, a small uh, house, story and a half, that has a, um, a walkout basement is the bottom floor. Okay. And uh, it has a, a smooth, uh, finished uh, concrete floor in it uh, that used to have carpet on it. Carpet right. was taken up, and now we have the carpet glue on the floor. And hmm. I was thinking about refinishing the floor uh, with one of the uh, epoxy coatings. Okay. So my question is, is how do I get the, uh, the surface smooth enough to paint? Very difficult to yeah, remove those old tough. adhesives. Have you thought about using a different type of floor product? Have you thought about perhaps using laminate floor? Is this a, is this have, a yeah. space yeah. you'd really like to finish? Because that would yeah. be my that would be my choice. Well, and that would mm-hmm. be the easiest because then you're not dealing with having to remove those sort of uneven surfaces, the remnants of the adhesive. Now you've got this sort of floating floor that goes over everything. You know, with that foamy underlayment that you're going to put underneath your laminate, it sort of smooths out all those little bumps that you'll see in there, and then that floor will sit right on top of that. If and you, a lot of that engineer product is just kind of a snap-in-place. It's a floating-type floor. Is that Absolutely. right? It is. It's not adhered down, and I can tell you it's very forgiving when it comes to uneven floors. I have a laminate floor in my kitchen of my uh, 1886 house, and I can tell you that that floor is about as roly-poly as it gets, and I'm sure I far exceed the tolerance that's specified by the laminate floor manufacturer <laughs> for how far out of whack a floor can be. But right. this laminate floor has really gone down great. It's been down now for a decade, and it really has stayed together nicely. So, uh, yes, I think that it's very forgiving when it comes to uneven floor surfaces. And if you have some glue buildup, get, get off as much as you can. But between the fact that it's floating and it goes uh, over an underlayment, I think you're going to be in good shape and be very happy with the result. Okay. Well, very good. I'm into easy, whatever that might be. So. <laughs> you know what? It's going to be easy, it's going to look great, and it's going to turn that basement into a really warm, usable space. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Mike. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, a portable backup generator is a great appliance to have in case of emergencies, but safety is key. We're going to have some tips on how to use it after this. 888-MONEY-PIT. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call right now with your home improvement question, your do-it-yourself dilemma at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Now, many of you are hardcore home improvers, and you like to do your projects on the road, and if that's the case you may have an interest in portable power. You know, a portable generator is a great way to enjoy camping and tailgating, as well as doing home improvement projects on the road without sacrificing the comforts of having power nearby. And they come in handy, of course, during power outages at home as well. I've had one for years, and I can't tell you how many times we've had to rely on it. That's why we've got a great guest with us to tell us about some of the benefits of portable generators. We've got Clement Fang from Generac. He's the chief marketing officer. Welcome, Clement. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Tom. Thanks for being with us. And, uh, Clement, you guys have a whole new line of portable generators that technologically have just uh, jumped light years uh, ahead of what's out there. Talk to us about them. Yeah, that's right. Um, We introduced the XG series of portable generators earlier this year, and the first models are um, uh, coming available to stores this fall. 
Um, this XG line of portable generators has um, a lot of the features that pros uh, look for in a generator. Uh, real heavy-duty engines, the Generac OHVI engine, um, they come in a nice compact frame, so they're designed with a homeowner in mind, despite being a really high-performing model. And it makes, so the small compact frame makes it a lot easier to store when the generator's not being used. And one really novel feature that we put on the product is what we call a power bar. It's mm-hmm. um, a series of five indicator lights to let a user know how much power is being put out by the generator. Now, does the power being put out by the generator, is that based on how many appliances you have connected to it, what you're using it for, how much fuel is in it? What does that read for us? It's, um, it's basically telling you how much power is being drawn by all of the appliances that you've got connected to the generator. So if you have only, let's say, three lights of the five lights lit, then that tells you the generator is putting out about half of its total capability. If you're up at five lights, then you're, cl- you're maxing out the output of the generator. So don't plug any more stuff in. Yeah, good point. We're talking to Clement Fang, Chief Marketing Officer for Generac, about the new line of portable generators that they have out on the market right now. You guys actually have won some uh, awards for these as well, haven't you, for the we XP did. line? Yeah, this particular uh, model, the XG8000 watt, uh, won Popular Mechanics uh, Editor's Choice Award. And uh, the editors at the magazine, you know, saw the product and thought it had some great features that uh, the market hasn't seen before. That power bar is one of those. Clement, let's talk a little bit about uh, portable generator safety tips. Um, I'm always amazed uh, and sad and, and, and saddened by the fact that almost every year somebody uses a generator in the worst way possible and gets hurt by it, specifically using it inside a closed space, putting themselves and their families at risk of, of carbon monoxide poisoning. Aside from the, the obvious no-no that that is, what are some of the other common mistakes that people make when they use a generator? Well, carbon monoxide poisoning is definitely the biggest threat. And it's because, you know, carbon monoxide is an odorless, invisible gas. And people don't always make the connection that, you know, a portable generator relies on an engine um, to run, and that engine puts out exhaust just like an automobile or a lawnmower would. So they make the mistake of operating it indoors, you know, like a normal plug-in appliance. It's it's just not that. Outside of uh, carbon monoxide dangers, um, there's also the threat of, you know, burns or fire um, because uh, gasoline um, is what powers these generators. And although, you know, we and most other manufacturers uh, recommend or or point out that you really shouldn't fuel the um, portable generator while it's running, Uh, people don't always pay attention to those warnings. And they forget that, you know, the exhaust is really hot, the generator is really hot, and then if you spill a little bit of gasoline uh, while the generator is hot, you know, you can cause a little a bit of a fire. Mm -hmm. You know, Clement, I mean, we're talking about electricity here, and generally when used in the event of bad weather, we're dealing with, you know, winds and rain. Is there any danger of shock or electrocution that we should be concerned about? There is, um, and that's another danger, too. There's an electrocution hazard. Um, So we always advise that portable generators should not be used uh, when it's raining or snowing, and we do realize that makes it a little bit difficult that sometimes is when you, you lose power. But, you know, the ideal situation is the storm blows through and then you're trying to recover, you've lost power, and right. at that point it's safer to use the generator. 
We're talking to Clement Fang, Chief Marketing Officer for Generac. And of course, Clement, before we let you go, we should we should uh, tell folks that um, if you are concerned really just about losing power at your house, then perhaps not a portable generator, but a standby generator may be a better option. That's, of course, a permanently installed generator that uh, does not fit so conveniently in the back of your pickup truck, mm-hmm. but thereby relays, uh, remains very close to home when you need it. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, homeowners can use a portable generator to back up their home you know, in the event of a power outage, and the best way to do that is if you plan ahead and you have a manual transfer switch mounted on the house that you can plug the generator right into. But even better than that is to have a permanently installed automatic standby generator. And those generators sit outside the house all the time, and they're monitoring the utility power coming into the home. And whenever there's a power failure, within seconds, the automatic standby generator turns itself on and restores power to the whole home. Generators really give you a convenience and protection. I mm-hmm. think they're an important part of uh, the appliances that you should have in any home. Clement, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Uh, great products. Congratulations on the new launch, and we look forward to talking to you again. You bet. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Leslie. For thanks, more Tom. tips on Generac, you can go to their website at generac.com. That's G-E-N-E-R-A-C.com, or pick up the phone and call them at 1-888-GENERAC. Well, a stray crayon, forgotten pen, or even excess dye from clothing not only stains your clothes, but it can also actually stain your dryer. You're wondering why the next load of clothes kind of turns up that same odd blue tone as well. Well, if that's happened to you, we're going to tell you how to wash your dryer right after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by the new Rheem heat pump water heater. It's easy to install and more than twice as energy efficient as any standard electric water heater. The new Rheem heat pump water heater qualifies for federal tax credits. For more information, visit www.reemhpwh.com. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number is one eight 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 Money Pit. If you call, you'll get expert advice and answers to your most burning home improvement hmm. questions. And you could win our weekly giveaway. This hour, it's a biggie. We're giving away the Eden Pure Gen 3 Quartz Infrared Portable Heater. It's got no exposed heating elements, so it's very safe. In fact, it only gets warm to the touch. It's natural, healthy heat. The prize is worth $397. But one caller we talked to on the air this hour could win one. The number again is one eight 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 Money Pit. Now, we've only got one up for grabs, so if you don't win, don't be sad because Eden Pure still has a great offer for you. If you call right now at 800-262-4824 and mention the secret authorization code, which is Leslie, you code can... Code tr- Leslie. I know, right? I love it. I've become, you know, a state of emergency. Code Leslie. <laughs> well, if you call in, you can actually try out the heater for 60 days for free, and you get 100 bucks off the purchase price, but you need to call now at 1-800-262-4824. It really does work. It will keep your house super duper toasty and you can have it running all day long and I swear it does not get hot. Now, sometimes warm heat doesn't always work out for you like when you leave a crayon or say a lipstick or a marker in the pocket of your clothes and send it into the dryer. In that case, it can become a real mess. You know, Mm -hmm. we're always telling the kids to check their pockets, but every once in a while, 
something sticks through. And what is worse is the stains get on the dryer's tumbler, and they stay there possibly for load after load after load, and they can really ruin your clothes. Mm -hmm. And then they end up transferring to the next load. Mm -hmm. So if you find that this has happened to you, even if you think it may have happened, you just maybe want to do this once, you know, every once in a while just to protect your dryer. What you want to do is apply a spray cleaner, a mild abrasive, or even a laundry stain treatment to the affected area in your dryer tumbler and then wipe with a damp cloth. Then you want to dry a load of old towels or rags, you know, things you don't care about, things you use just to clean up the cars or whatnot, for about 25 minutes. Now, these steps are going to remove the stain, and even if a mark remains on the tumbler, the color's not going to transfer onto anything that you care about. It'll be on those dirty rags or those cleaning rags. So do this every so often, especially if you see an odd stain in the dryer. This way, you will, you know, relieve yourself of the trouble of checking all the pockets all the time. Cut yourself some slack and clean out your dryer. 888-666-3974. Who's next? Heading over to Texas to chat with Susie about flooring. I hear you've got a situation where the floors are falling apart. What's going on, Susie? Yes, we put down some ceramic Italian white slate from Lowe's, uh, about 1,700 square feet of it. It was supposed to be high grade, grade four, high traffic. We have no children. We have no traffic. It is pitting just terrible. Hmm. And when it pits uh, underneath, evidently because it does, the color doesn't go all the way through, what I'm seeing is the red clay look underneath. Hmm. So this is like a painted kind of a slate? I'm assuming it is. Yeah. Do you know what the manufacturer was? Um, I don't. I've still got a box of it. I just don't know what to do. I mean, it sounds like whatever surface coating that was baked onto there, because that's essentially what it must be. It must be some sort of a glazed tile. Is failing. Is not sticking. Right. Right. There's no easy solution there. How, How long has this floor been down? This floor has been down a total of three years. Here's what I would do. I would get up that box of the of the unused tile. I would right. go back to the manufacturer, right? Contact and them if directly. If they're still in business, <laughs> let's hope they are. Contact yeah. them directly. Find out what the warranty is on there. Perhaps you can get in touch with them, send some photos, and see what they have to say about it. Because it sounds like you've got a bad finish on that. Uh, possibly. Can I restain the whole floor? Mm, the grout and the tile. Don't know. Don't know. Depends on what the material is. There are um, concrete stains that probably could be used for this, but you really have to test it out on something first. And, and perhaps if you've got some extra tile, you could do that. I wouldn't do anything before I contacted the manufacturer. Yeah, I wouldn't go experimenting. All right. And my last question for can I put a wood floor laminate down on top of this? Yes. Yes. You would use an engineered hardwood, or you could use a, um, a laminate floor. Either product would be fine. You don't have to take up the old tile. It can float right on top of that. Just remember, you're going to be a little bit higher. You're going to have to do some trimming where it hits the walls, but that's a good solution. That's not a problem. And we had just put in the ream tankless, and we love it. Yay! Wow, fantastic. I am shocked. And you know, it's the size of two shoe boxes. I know, it's so tiny, yeah, right? It's just incredible. And have you ever run out of hot water since you put in the ream? Only if you run out of cold water. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're really in trouble. That's right. <laughs> it, Susan, it, no, we love it. 
Thank you. Love your show. Susie, that's fantastic. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Up next, basement versus no basement. Which is better for your home's construction and your home's energy efficiency? We're going to help you figure it out after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Right now on MoneyPit.com, learn how to lower your electric bill. We've got simple solutions to help you save money. Just go to MoneyPit.com and search tips to lower electric bills. You can also email us while you are searching around the Money Pit. Click on the Ask Tom and Leslie icon and email us your question. I've got one here from Dave in Syracuse, New York, who writes, I'm moving to southeast Arizona where the houses have no basements. The lack of a basement concerns me as a basement regulates the interior temperature of the house, provides easy access under the living spaces for repair and modifications, not to mention utility and storage space. Am I unnecessarily concerned? Why are there no basements in this region? Ah, you know, that's a good question, and the answer has to do with economics. In Phoenix, uh, in the Phoenix area, um, there actually are some builders that are starting to use basements, but these homes are a lot more expensive. Installing a basement actually adds about 30 days uh, to the construction time, so of course that drives up the cost. Is it that the soil is so tremendously hard? No, it's just that it's just it's really just a matter of custom. There's absolutely, you know, what's custom there? It's really there's no reason you can't have a basement, but they're spoiled because, you know, here we've got to go down half the distance of a basement just to make sure we're below the frost line. Well, in you know, in Phoenix, you got to go down like all of 18 inches just to have a solid exactly. base. There is no frost line consist, uh, you know, deal to worry about. So, you know, doing a basement is going way above and beyond what's required to build the house. And of course, it drives the costs up. So, while it's not common, you can find houses with basements in Phoenix. But by virtue of the fact that you're not going to find one, you know, I wouldn't let that turn me off to any house just because you're used to it. There are ways to install slabs and have them be very energy efficient. Of course, nothing's going to replace that extra space, Mm -hmm. but you can certainly have the energy efficiency. All right, now we've got one from Tiffany in Utah who has a garden that was placed right next to the side of her house and the dirt has eaten away at the vinyl siding and appears to be doing damage to the wood boards. How can she fix it? I doubt it's dirt that's eating away at the vinyl. It's probably rodents. Hate to tell you that. But what you need to do is to put a small retaining wall in front of that so that you can lower the grade and create some space between the siding and the soil. You really want 6 to 12 inches. And if the soil is too high, you need to build a retaining wall that can help you drop it. All right, Tiffany, I hope that helps. Good luck with your project. Well, as the weather turns cooler, we spend more time inside our house. It's nice to tackle some of those easy decorating projects that can make you feel more calm, more comfortable, and declutter. Leslie's got a great idea on how to do just that in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. If you've got a large collection of books at your money pit, why not give that book collection a nice, clean look and give them a makeover? Now, you can cover your entire book collection in a solid color paper, like, say, white, White's not your thing. Choose another color. That's totally fine. And then you can dress up that starkness by adding a ribbon and, say, a solid or a stripe. And that creates a fun detail. It just kind of unifies the look of the books. This way you're not looking at a sort of different color jackets, different sizes. Everything sort of seems the same. Yes, you'll have to open them up to see which book it is. But it's a nice look. I promise you that. Now, if book covers aren't your thing or you can't remember how to make them from high school, you can remove each of your book's paper jackets. And that gives your books a nice, clean, classic look. 
And then you can arrange them by color, by size. It looks really nice if you sort of create not so much a rainbow, but if you stack all of the blue books in one section and all of the, you know, black-purple tones in one section, it really gives a nice visual presentation of your books. Now, you also don't have to stack all of your books vertically. You can lay some down and stack some horizontally, you know, and maybe put one of your little accessories on top of that little stack of books or a photo. Mix it up. It really does change your entire feeling of a room by just rearranging your accessories. So have fun with it. You're about to be indoors for a long, long time. So start to enjoy what you've got without spending more money. Coming up next week on The Money Pit, do you want to use your wood stove to help heat your home this winter? Well, we're going to have some tips. And also, if you're thinking about buying one, we're going to tell you how to get the best deal and to pick one that's extremely energy efficient. That's coming up next week on The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. 